0: for open-minded thinkers, for observers who are hopelessly curious, for experiencers of the mysterious, and for those who are passionate about perceiving the unknown. I will be sharing with you all my own exceptional experiences and other extraordinary constructs that exist in our reality. Welcome to Access Elysium. up and welcome to all of you beautiful souls out there. I'm your host, Amber O'Dell, and this is the Access Elysium podcast. So fun question to start it off with. Have you ever had the experience of leaving your own body and being able to look down on yourself from above? If so, you have experienced an OBE or an out-of-body experience. So coming up on the show today, we're going to dive into the different types of OBEs that you can have, places and techniques to help you induce OBEs, and of course, my own personal and informative out-of-body experience. So what the fuck are OBEs? An OBE is short for an out-of-body experience, and this is a phenomenon in which a person perceives the world from a location outside of their physical body. So, you not inside now, you outside now. (laughs) I don't know if that helps explain anything, but OBEs can be induced by traumatic brain injuries, sensory deprivation, near-death experiences, which is kind of another type of OBE, um, a dissociative in psychedelic drugs, being dehydrated, having sleep disorders, a kind of in a dream state, and electrical stimulation to the brain can all cause OBEs. They have also done surveys to find out that one in ten people have had an OBE at least once in their life, but more commonly they have it several times in their life. So once again, if there are roughly eight billion people on Earth, this means well, there's that calculation? That uh, eight hundred million people have experienced an OBE. So we're not just talking about this is just something that rarely happens. No, 800 million people have experienced it. That's a lot. Oh, and here's another weird thing that I found while looking up things about the Earth's population. So just 200 years ago, the world population was just over 1 billion. So since then, the number of people on the planet grew like sevenfold. So 6 billion people have popped into this existence in the last 200 years. Where the fuck did all of these people come from? I mean, if you think about it, where all, where were they all before? Like six billion people were just chilling in another dimension waiting to pop into this one. I mean, these are questions that I have. But Oh, and they also said that um, they predict that the world population will be at 11.2 billion in the year 2100. I know that sounds like futuristic shit, but it's not. 2,100? Okay, if you have a kid that's born right now today, they will probably see 2,100. It's not that far. It's one generation. It's coming, people. And another weird thing. Okay, so uh, they did like a survey. There are 8 billion people that are alive today. And the Population Reference Bureau estimates that about 107 billion people have ever lived. So, that's what they think, like, how many total peoples have lived here? 107 billion. So, that means that we are nowhere near close to having more alive people than dead people. Like, in fact, there's 15 dead people per every living person. So, the dead absolutely outnumber the living. Cool stuff. Okay, reeling it back in. Squirrel. I'm back. Okay. So when, let's get (laughs) OBEs. That's right. Okay. OBEs. When do OBEs occur? So they've been documented in a variety of situations, but usually they split them into two categories. So there's spontaneous OBEs and induced OBEs. So spontaneous OBEs, um, there's a lot of things that can trigger these, but they include like sleep, So spontaneous OBEs are most commonly reported um, occurring like just before you fall asleep or prior to waking up. Um, This is kind of like in that little dream state. You are more likely to occur or have an OBE occur during a sleep state, but not a deep sleep. It's kind of like when you're not quite there. Physical effort can cause OBEs. So let's say you exhaust a ton of physical energy as like a professional athlete of some kind. They have been able to report um, OBEs after extreme exertion. It's kind of like the body's done and it is very easy to pop out of the physical body then. Near-death experiences or NDEs, Um, these occur alongside, you know, out-of-body experiences, but for, from a different cause, like I died (laughs) and that's why you got spontaneously popped out of your body where you see that light at the end of the tunnel vision, those are the near-death experiences. But a lot of them have also been reported during like meditations, um, non-life-threatening accidents, anesthesia, like when you're having an operation and and boop, you can like hang out and watch the whole thing. That's happened to a lot of people. Under hypnosis, during childbirth, when suffocating, while dancing, or just simply talking, there's some people who can induce themselves to have an out-of-body experience whenever they want. That's incredible. I've, I've had out-of-body experiences. I've never been able to be like, hey, you know what? Let's just do it right now. Nope. <laughs> it wasn't that easy. I wish it was. Okay. So the other kind of OBEs are induced OBEs. So this is where you get into a few things like drugs, drugs, they can induce OBEs. So hallucinogenic drugs like DMT, MDA, LSD, ketamine, they can definitely induce OBEs in certain individuals. Sensory deprivation or overload, like one is where you get too much sensory stuff and your body's just like, what the fuck? I don't know. Boop, let's not deal with it. Let's just pop out. Or not enough. So some really cool examples of sensory deprivation would be like flotation tanks, which are awesome. Okay, so I've done a float tank before. Actually, I've done it multiple times. Super cool experience. Um, definite extreme sensory deprivation. I mean, it takes a while when you're in there. If you've never done it before or meditated before, just getting your brain to shut up is a little challenging, but once you get there, really, you no longer understand the difference between your own body and the water that you're floating in. And then after that, I couldn't even tell what was up or down. I know that I was laying in this tank, but it felt like after I lost my senses to my surroundings that I was standing up in the middle of the universe. Super cool experience. Oh my gosh, I will elaborate on that one another time. Another cool one for the induced OBEs is G-forces, like super strong G-forces. So pilots and astronauts occasionally experience OBEs. So for instance, when an extreme G-force is encountered, uh, blood can like partially drain from certain parts of the brain, and it seems like uh, it has the power to induce an OBE this way. They call it, like the phenomenon is, gravity-induced loss of consciousness. But it's not just um, extreme g-forces that can spark that in pilots. Even during standard flights, like normal flight, you could just be kicking it from Kansas City to Dallas. And a pilot can endure odd sensory experiences, which they refer them to as a spatial disorientation. Uh, In one particular spatial disorientation episode known as the breakoff phenomenon, a pilot might feel as though they're sitting on the wing, watching themselves fly the plane. And this is one of the most common factors contributing to aviation accidents. Okay, I know this isn't the factor of why they crash, but my mind automatically goes to the Twilight Zone where that creepy little thing was sitting out on the wing and that's what made them crash. But just to make everybody feel better, planes are not crashing like cars. (laughs) So they have a much better. Record. I think it said that uh, there was just one major aviation crash for every 5.4 million flights. So we're doing pretty good. I haven't died yet and I've (laughs) rode on a lot of planes. Well, now we can get into one of the most controversial aspects of OBEs, which is veridical perception. So this is the claim that during an OBE, the viewer is able to literally float out of their body and witness something or someone that they could have not otherwise seen. This is like those cases where people pop out of their body when they're in a hospital dying or in surgery and they're able to look around and really describe situations and things that are going on that they would have otherwise never have been able to know. So a well-known example is a case of Pam Reynolds, um, a brain surgeon patient who underwent a very highly invasive operation to remove a brain tumor that she had. Now, following her surgery, she was able to describe aspects of the entire procedure that happened at a time when she was clinically dead. She should have not been able to have known... the things that she described to them, and she claimed to have surveyed the entire scene during her out-of-body experience. She was in her room around the hospital. She could describe a lot of things and what they were doing to her when she would have otherwise been known as clinically dead. Amazing. Now, I can't remember where I found this information, but this shows how science... Uh, is really starting to take OBEs and out-of-body experiences seriously, especially in hospitals because they have so many people that are so close to death. I mean, that veil is very thin. I can't imagine how many kinds of situations that seem paranormal that probably happen inside of hospitals. I mean, they're on the edge of the cliff at both ends of realities between this life and the next are like buttered right up next to each other. And so lots of cool, crazy stuff happens there. So inside of some hospitals that have had uh, instances of -of out-of-body experiences, they have started implementing where they will put, uh, like, what are they? It's like a... uh, code or letters or numbers on top of the shelves and on top of like the bookcases and things that are high up in the room. Because when people have out-of-body experiences, most of the time they float out of their body and they are hovering from above looking down. So when these people have this experience, they're able to look down and to remember the letters or the numbers that are put on top of these shelves cabinets for them to see specifically for out-of-body experiences. How fucking cool is that? I have no idea what kind of uh, like records or examples that they have from it. I'm totally going to have to look into it. Now, astral projection is talked about a lot, which is kind of unintentional. Out of body experience where you are known as an astral traveler. You are trying to get your astral body, your energy body, your light body, whatever people want to call it, um, to be able to come out of your physical body and then through your consciousness. In this little astral body, you can travel throughout the astral plane and go wherever and whenever you want to go. And most people describe seeing like this little tiny silver, um, like cord that's connecting their astral body to their physical body. So how do you astral project? Well, this is where you're falling asleep physically without losing awareness. So for me, it was always trying to get my body to fall asleep, but to keep my mind awake. Um, So it's very voluntary. It's induced. You're aware of what you're trying to do in the situation. It's not spontaneous, which is more like an out-of-body experience. Thomas Edison used this state of existence to tackle a lot of the problems while working on his inventions. So he would try to induce um, astral projection or out-of-body experiences. He would rest a silver dollar on his head while sitting with a metal bucket in a chair. And as he drifted off, the coin would noisily fall into the bucket, restoring some of his alertness as he was falling asleep. So this is how he would get himself into that, um, kind of that realm of in between so that he could have an astral projection or an out-of-body experience. And then Salvador Dali was said to use a similar method to gain odd visions, which inspired his paintings. So deliberately teetering between awake and asleep states is known to cause spontaneous trance episodes, um, which are ultimately helpful when attempting to induce an out-of-body experience. So by moving deeper and deeper into relaxation, you can eventually encounter like a slipping feeling of the mind. Um, Your body is slipping, but your mind is still alert. And that is the feeling of leaving your physical body. There are many similar concepts of soul travel that appear in a lot of religious traditions across all of recorded time. But one very important person in the studies of out of body experiences and consciousness is Robert Allen Monroe. He was a radio broadcaster um, or broadcasting executive who became known for his research into altered consciousness and for founding the Monroe Institute. Here is an account of his first out-of-body experiences. So according to his own account, While experimenting with sleep learning, as he called it, uh, in 1958, Monroe experienced an unusual phenomenon, which he described as sensations of paralysis and vibration accompanied by a bright light that appeared to be shining on him from a shallow angle. Monroe went on to say that this occurred another nine more times over the next six weeks, accumulating in his first out-of-body experience. Um, He recorded his accounts. Uh, in his book in 1971 called Journeys Out of the Body, and then he went on to be one of the prominent researchers in the field of human consciousness. The Monroe Institute is one of the world's leading education centers for study of human consciousness. I have looked into this place before, and I always have wanted to sign up for some cool little experiments. I mean, I've, I've literally tried to get myself into lots of experience, experiences, into lots of experiments over the years. And I, fortunately I was never picked to be a subject of anything cool. Someday I will, but they for over 50 years have been welcoming consciousness explorers from all over the world. They have a very non-dogmatic approach. So it's more about uh, the exploration of human consciousness and exercising different ways to reach different states of consciousness. So they have like classes where you can get very advanced on meditations, out of body experiences, remote viewing. Oh, this one is so cool. I have always wanted to take like a remote viewing class and not just one that you buy some DVD the DVD, like how old I am. I, it was on DVD when I was looking into it for years. Um, I want to actually go somewhere and have somebody show me and like be a part of it. I'm always teaching myself how to do everything. Sometimes I just want to go somewhere and experience it. I want to go do remote viewing sometimes on my list. They teach you that and they teach you how to lucid dream. This place sounds fucking awesome. I want to sign up. So let's do it. Okay, so now this one isn't really like, I don't know. So it's not really like an out-of-body experience, but it's, I'm going to talk about it anyway. So I've done this before and it pisses me off when I finally realize that I'm like, wait a minute, are you fucking kidding me? None of this happened. A false awakening. So this is when uh, the subject believes that he or she has woken up um, from their dream and done all these things like, oh, you know, get up, pick out your outfit for work, get yourself ready, put your makeup on, get in the car, start driving to work. Uh, This is what happened to me. I thought I was almost to work when I realized that I have not achieved any of these things. I am still dreaming. And the whole thing was like a hallucination. So (laughs) it's happened a few times. Man, my imagination is so good. I really thought I was on the way to fucking work but here's the worst part about the situation that's happened to me. I've had a double false awakening where, yeah, I thought I was doing something in real life and I realized that I was dreaming. So I was like, oh man. All right. So then I got onto some other tangent and got to going and then realized that I was still dreaming. I was in... This is like Inception shit. You know what I'm talking about? When I woke up from that one, I was like, all right, my subconscious is just seriously playing some games today. Let's get serious, people. But the bad part about false awakenings is they also occur spontaneously and are associated with sleep paralysis. I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay, so I've had it a few different times and I I like experiencing things that are outside of the norm, so I'm glad that they've happened to me. I'll put it that way, but they were weird and creepy and I do not like not being in control of my own body, but it does force you to reevaluate your entire self in that moment and figure out how you're going to get out of it other than physically. If that's a good way to explain it. It's self-perception. It's it's like how do you know who you are sometimes? So discovermagazine.com had this article on five ways to leave your body. And I had some really interesting points of view. So they said, perhaps you're sitting in a chair in your living room or on an airplane bound for Cancun. Now dig a little deeper. Focus inward and ask yourself this. What is the location of your internal being? Your sense of self? That thing that you call I or me? Yeah, sure, you exist in your body. Uh, Most people think you're in your head. But What if all of that was secondary? What if your perception could be altered so that you could be anyone in any place at all without even traveling to Cancun? These are real possibilities now posed by neuroscientists studying self-perception in the brain. The research suggests that our concept of self, along with a presence, like the sense of being immersed in a location, um, do not need to be tied to our physical bodies. Nope. Don't need it. Although most of the current research is still lab-based, scientists have already induced participants with the sense of moving from their own body into another form, such as a Barbie doll, or watching themselves from a distance in an out-of-body experience. The new body swapping and teleportation techniques illustrate the incredible imaginative potential of the brain and the flexibility of our perception. Um, did they just say body swapping? <laughs> like like uh altered carbon shit? Like can we can choose other bodies to jump into? <laughs> can I sign up for this? Like where do where do we do that? Okay, so I found on this website paradoxicalvista.org they had stuff on out-of-body experiences, and they kind of give you a play-by-play on how to do it yourself, which I thought was very interesting. So they start off with what they call tricking your body clock. The best way or more simple way to achieve this state is to think about it before you go to sleep while sitting up. So sitting up seems to be fairly important. It's much easier to want to leave your body if you're already in an upright position. But you can also place like two or three pillows under your head so that you're more upright in your bed. But the bedroom is comfy and familiar and safe. These factors are important because they make you relax. So now they say try this once you're in this position. Look at the time on your alarm clock. Tell yourself that you want to fall asleep but wake up in about one hour. I used to actually have very good internal time clock going on. I don't think I used an alarm clock until after high school. If I said I need to wake up at 7.15... I would somehow wake up at 7.15. It was great. Okay, sorry. Squirrel, back. Okay. Look at your ta- uh, the time on your alarm clock. Tell yourself you want to fall asleep, but wake up in about one hour. Close your eyes and fall asleep. Keep reminding yourself that you need to be up soon. Fall asleep, but fight it a little. You can do this by opening your eyes ever so often. Keep doing this over and over, but keep reminding yourself that you need to be up soon. What you're actually doing by doing this is tricking your body into a false sense of sleep mode. You're keeping your mind active but letting your body fall asleep. This can activate the sleep paralysis bleh, mode <laughs> that we talked about earlier. It gets better. I mean, I'm kind of yeah. Uh, it just I don't know. Nah. If you wake up and find your body is asleep and it feels like you're being held down, well done. You've just reached the first step into full flight mode. (laughs) You're going to want to panic a little bit. Don't be scared of this. It's normal to actually feel scared, worried, or panicked. Uh, That's how I feel when it happens. But... On your first instance, you will fight to wake up and pull yourself from this feeling. You should be able to achieve this state by practicing uh, these tips over and over. And once you get there, now it's time to move on to the next step, which is an out-of-body experience. Okay, I should probably clarify a little bit of my sleep paralysis stance here. Okay, so this kind of sleep paralysis... I'm totally fine with. I've gotten myself to have sleep paralysis that's induced by myself and that I feel very comfortable with. Now the sleep paralysis situations that I am talking about whenever I'm like blech are those when I am not the one inducing it. Something else is. And those are the ones that I'm not fond of. These kinds of sleep paralysis for out of body and astral projection experiences Those are great. I love those, just clarifying. Okay, so here is a journey of sensations and feelings to help sustain and obtain an out-of-body experience. So they say, you have woken and found your body is numb and you can't move. It feels like someone or something is holding you down or sitting on your chest. You can see the room and know you are safe. You can detect a very high-pitched noise or frequency inside your mind and ears. Oh my gosh, yes, this is important. There's always some kind of a humming, high-pitched sound when you are outside of the body. I don't know what it is exactly, but it's always there. Uh, Relax and let that frequency get louder and higher. Go with it. Don't break out of the numbness and try to sit up. You are safe and you're now starting to feel free. Cycle the frequency inside your mind and let it build up to an explosion. Once the frequency stops or flatlines, you will hear a perfect silence. Hmm. I don't know if I've ever heard a perfect silence before. I feel like sometimes for me, silence is really loud I mean really loud. There's like these different levels to it. It's almost like like white noise would be, but it's silent. So you can hear this static, like layered on top of itself with all these different pitches and frequencies. That's just what silence sounds like to me. Okay, coming back. So once the frequency stops or flatlines, you will hear a perfect silence. You should now feel light and start to rise from your body. Go with it and don't be afraid. You have reached the beautiful and heightened state of the out-of-body experience. Float around your room. Open the window and venture outside a little. When you're ready to come back and lie back over your body, you can do so. You should now softly wake up and be mesmerized about what you just achieved. This sounds pretty magical. I mean, these steps are really nice and laid out. I, I'm I'm going to have to try it in this sequence because I don't know that I ever had any guidance with mine. They just kind of happened. But you have controlled your inner fear doing this and completed something that not many people can achieve. This type of personal achievement can lead to a spiritual awakening. It really does. All of a sudden, you have found a whole nother world right inside your own world. And if you are cycling these states often, make use of them because it's the only way to fly and they don't last forever. I love flying. So maybe that's why it's my favorite when I get to. Uh, They tend to leave you and become harder to achieve. So keep practicing. Sometimes as life goes on, they come back and remind you that life is not what you think it is. Humans have long assumed that they have a unshakable body plan, meaning that our brains are hardwired to sense ourself that could never accept anything other than having one head, two arms, and two legs. Uh, but in 1988, University of Pittsburgh psychiatrist Matthew Bot, Bot- I don't know, Botvinick. And Jonathan Cohen conducted the classic rubber hand illusion, which showed the brain could feel ownership of a body part that was not truly its own. In that experiment, a research subject's real hand was stroked while a prosthetic hand was also stroked in exactly the same way. In less than two minutes, most participants felt that the rubber limb was part of their own body, provided that their own hand was hidden while the rubber ones stayed in view. Now, taking the findings a little bit further, there's a cognitive neuroscientist named Henrik Erson who showed the brain could fully accept ownership of three hands at once. To make his point, he again induced the illusion that his subjects had a third hand, but this time threatened either the prosthetic hand or the real one with a kitchen knife. Next, he measured the subject's degree of sweating, a stress reaction, and in 154 test participants and controls, he found that people exhibited this same fear-based psychological response regardless of whether it was a real or a fake hand that was threatened, suggesting the rubber hand felt almost as authentically their own as their flesh and blood appendages. So does that mean that just your hand can have an out-of-body experience? I mean, can you just have certain limbs that pop out? Or do you have to be completely out? Can you have just like a pinky toe out? (laughs) I feel like I've done that a few times. Or like, I don't know, I guess people who've lost a limb and have that phantom limb uh, feeling where they still have it. Is that because their astral body still has that limb, but their physical body doesn't? Well, I have found in the scientificamerican.com article, What Causes Spooky Out-of-Body Experiences, something very interesting about inner ear problems that could be to blame, which I also have. So very interesting to me. So they state while driving and accelerating in his car, a patient in France suddenly had a bizarre sensation. He felt like he was outside of his car looking in at himself, which was still at the wheel. So the patient was part of a new study that links problems of the inner ear with the eerie out-of-body experience. These experiences usually brief sensations in which a person's consciousness seems to exit the body and then view the body from an outside place is the study that they analyzed. So they had 210 patients who had visited their doctors with so-called vestibular disorders. The vestibular system, which is made up of several structures in the inner ear, uh, provides the body with a sense of balance and spatial orientation. Problems with that system can cause dizziness or a floating sensation, among other symptoms. Very, very true. Okay, so I had an onset of vertigo out of absolutely no year, no year, (laughs) nowhere one year. It was insane. Vertigo sucks. I don't like it. And it's because of these issues uh, with your inner ear. It really does. Like, you know, you're standing still, but the world is spinning around you like a roller coaster. It is the weirdest thing ever. But so they back to the uh, article here. Maya, who an ear, nose, and throat specialist at some hospital in France and co-author of this study enlisted patients who had experienced a range of issues from recurrent vertigo and tinnitus. I think that's tinnitus. There's always weird ways to pronounce that one. To infections in the ear. Among these patients, 14% reported out-of-body experiences compared with only 5% of healthy people without vestibular disorders who had the same. So out-of-body experiences were about three times more frequent in patients with vestibular disorders versus those without any of these disorders. So the inner ear could be messing with our emotions here, or at least mine. (laughs) Okay, so now we are going to get to my out-of-body experiences. I mean, I've had quite a few of them. I'm trying to think. Okay, so I think the one that I'll tell you guys about was it was on my birthday Uh, October 14th 2011 I was all excited I had saved up a little bit of money we were gonna go to the casino that night so we had all these fun plans just to chill uh, and hang out for my birthday so everybody had gone to school and gone to work and I had the day off so I am at home washing the dishes jamming out to my music and we had these really heavy porcelain plates that one of them was cracked and i was unaware of it and i am scrubbing the shit out of this plate and suddenly i mean i <laughs> i scrubbed it hard enough that that crack split and the plate came down and hit my right thumb so hard that i felt it almost hit the bone inside of my thumb and i lifted my thumb up to look at it and it is squirting blood like in a movie scene. And I'm like, oh no, this is not good. So immediately I look around to try and find a towel and I can feel it coming on. I, I cannot control this. Okay. So I am fine with blood. Like blood does not freak me out. I'm very intrigued by it. I find it, you know, weird and beautiful in different settings because I'm an artist and I can see somebody else who's injured and is bleeding. I can help them. I'm, I'm like on my way. I snap into this mode and I can, you know, get shit done. But apparently when it's my own blood, I'm not as good at it. So I can feel that I am about to pass out. Oh, you know what? I wasn't home alone. My son was home. I'm just not vividly remembering that. So I'm trying to grab this towel and then I can feel it coming on. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. And I am out. And I very, <laughs> I don't remember like completely hitting the ground, but I remember going down. And as soon as I hit the ground, I skidded across the floor <laughs> all the way into the living room like a, like a, a throwing stone like on a lake it was like bip 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 into the living room and i'm face down and all i can see is blue because we had this crazy blue carpet in our house that it was not my idea we bought it that way it was the bicentennial house everything was red white and blue in it it took years to get it all gone still had the blue carpet so all I can see is blue and I'm confused. I'm just like, why is everything blue? And so I stand up and I look around for a second and I see that I am laying on the floor in the kitchen. And I'm like, oh shit, okay. So and very quickly, I realize that, you know, it's not like I'm standing, I'm just floating. And the weirdest part about this thing is that I think it was a little bit of a stressful part of my life with my children because they were smaller. I think my daughter was like four. My son was seven. They were ornery. They were always crazy. They were really good kids. But I think that they had been testing me a lot lately, and I was super stressed out. And I remember them having like this (laughs) temper tantrum where I just locked them in their room for an hour. I was like, nope can't come out. I can't, I don't want you to come out because mom needs breaks. I don't lose my shit. So (laughs) this was close to that time period. And this voice comes out of nowhere. And it says to me very simply, be nicer to your children. And I was like, huh. Okay. Obviously somebody is seeing the stress in me and they needed to let me know, hey, you know what? It's going to be okay. Just be nicer to your children. And as soon as I accepted that little phrase, man, it sucked me right back into my body and I'm laying in the kitchen on the floor and I hear my son who is now standing next to me going, mommy, are you okay? Okay. And I'm like, I don't want him to freak out because I'm laying on the floor bleeding. It's all done. Oh, no, I'm fine. I'm just, you know, laying down for a second. No big deal. (laughs) I'll get up here in a minute. And so that was just this crazy, quick, out-of-body experience that I had from just like a minor injury Now, granted that $100, $150, no, I had a couple hundred dollars that I was (laughs) going to go to the casino with. I was like, I am not taking the only money that I have right now to go to Metasist to stitch myself up. So I decided just to clean it and paint it myself, wrapped it up, and I was ready to go when my husband got home to go to the casino still, which I did. And I'm pretty sure I posted some picture online that said, I give this birthday one thumb down. But It was a really cool out-of-body experience still because I even received a message in that moment that I needed to hear that I feel was a turning point for me with my children for me not to be so stressed with dealing with them being crazy, high-energy kids, you know, just letting them be and understanding that it's going to be okay. It It was a great experience. Okay, so now this last experience... Of an out of body experience was self induced with drugs. (laughs) So I was visiting Las Vegas, and one of my besties was driving up to meet me because we were going up there to the market because I was opening up a boutique and I wanted to look at lots of different swimwear and boutique wear that I could have for my new little spot. So she comes and meets me. Actually, they picked me up from the airport when I flew in and we went back to their RV camp where they were and she goes, okay, girl. So I drove through Colorado and I got some gummies and I was like, oh, yay, this will be fun because, you know, we're pretty chill and, you know, pot, it's pot, you know, like it came from the earth. Well, I don't know. Colorado does some crazy things with it now. But I trust pot, I have a relationship with it. I know how to use it um, in a good way and without harm to myself or others. So I'm a responsible adult. (laughs) So we decide that we're gonna take these gummies. Okay, so this is like at the beginning of when Colorado legalized things, very beginning. They didn't have their shit quite together. So she got these two packages of gummies, and they just kind of looked like these rectangular slabs of gummy. And it looked like it could have come inside of like a Hershey bar wrapper, flat kind of rectangle like that. Only about the half size of a Hershey bar. And she goes, well, uh, how much do we take? And I was like, rare. I i don't know. Like, I've never done gummies before. And I've smoked a lot of pot before, but I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, I've I've had a decent amount of pot in my life. I'll just eat the whole thing and you take half. <laughs> Last famous words. So <laughs> down the hatch it goes and we're just hanging out in her RV and man, I tell you what, this gummy hits me in the face just like a slap in the face. Like wham. I'm high, and I'm so high that I am sweating. I'm like, whew, it's hot. Did it get hot in here? <laughs> and all of a sudden, my senses are on cloud 100, and we are laughing, and it's she's feeling it, and I'm feeling it, and her husband's there. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, shit. I haven't even checked into the hotel yet. Like, how am I supposed to function? Because at this point if you've ever taken edibles and you've ever had too much, it is a whole nother ride that you did not sign up for. (laughs) It's a lot. And if I can just give you an example of how much a lot is at this point, the whole gummy was a hundred milligrams and I took the whole thing. (laughs) So it's a lot. So Her husband was probably like, yeah, let's get you to the hotel. So we're driving there and I'm trying to put myself up like, yeah, I can do this. So we pull up front of the hotel and I'm looking in and I'm like, all right, I can do this. I look back at him and I'm like, no, I can't do this. He was like, I will help you. I'm like, oh, thank God. He gets me checked in into my room. Oh, I'm all happy. I'm finally in my room. I'm all safe and I'm tucked into bed. And my sister will be coming in later to meet me uh, so she can go to all of the market with me the next day. Well, she gets in and I'm like, oh, I'm so happy you're here. And she's like, I heard. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to sleep. Well, I can't fall asleep. My mind is literally racing. My mind is racing and I can't make it quiet I am I am so out of body at this point I remember when we were walking through the casino part to the hotel to get me checked in I felt like I could see electricity sparking off of people and onto the uh slot machines and it was almost like I could see the electricity coming up before they would go off with their little lights and their little buzzers. I could see the blood pumping through everybody's bodies. It was so, I was like an x-ray machine and I felt I was floating like above myself the whole time we were walking. And so at this point when I'm laying in bed, I'm like, you know what? I can't sleep. So I just decided to get up and I got up and I went to the elevator on my floor and I got in and I did not get out of that elevator for a very long time. I stayed in there. I don't even know how long I was in there. Hours up and down and up and down. And I could tell you Everybody who came in there, what they were talking about, their conversations, what they were wearing, like I could pick up on their energies, who was crazy, who was sweet, who (laughs) like, I don't know how long I did this. I just hung out in the elevator forever. And finally, I was like, all right, I think I can go and lay back down. So I went back into our room, laid down and went to sleep. And the next morning when I woke up, I am still fucking high Like, whoa. And I turned to my sister. I was like, damn, dude. Like, I'm still fucking high. Like, I've been in the elevator all night long, listening to all these people, looking at their crazy outfits. And she's looking at me like, um, no. I was like, what do you mean? She goes, you never left your bed all night long. I was like, what? It was completely an out-of-body experience (laughs) that I had in this elevator I I even remember seeing some of the people that I saw on the elevator in the lobby just very briefly. And I was like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. I mean, this gummy was so strong that when I got to the market, <laughs> I was still like feeling it. And I was touching everything. I touched every piece of clothing, every necklace, every suit. <laughs> I was on sensory overload. It wasn't until two o'clock the next day that I was finally like, okay, I think it's safe to say that uh, I need to research my gummy game a little bit better. (laughs) I don't recommend taking 100 milligrams ever to anyone. I really (laughs) like, I still like edibles because I've learned my lesson. When I do edibles now, I prefer five milligrams because my senses are too much to even have 10. Even if I do 10, I'm like, mm, I need to have like a nest ready. I need my snacks, my blankie, my um, movies, my drinks. I'm not going anywhere and I'm not talking to anybody uh, or I'm working on my art. So um, that was my fun drug-induced out-of-body experience that I don't recommend anybody else to ever do. Well, here is my call to all of you experiencers out there. If you have any awesome story about an out-of-body experience, I would love to hear about it. You can contact us at accesselysium at gmail.com and tell me all about it. This is my favorite part. I love hearing about other people's firsthand experiences. Well, my conclusion to out-of-body experiences is that there are amazing worlds all around us in so many different dimensions and realms, and our bodies are capable of experiencing them in so many different ways. Uh, You have a lot of different bodies, okay? You don't have just a physical body. There's a lot of bodies inside of your body going on, and they can all access these different places. And you don't you shouldn't be afraid to want to expand on your consciousness and have a better understanding of things outside of the physical world so i would encourage people to understand more about out-of-body experiences because then it's not a scary thing. And you realize that you exist on different planes and it gives you this freeing sensation of there's more to life than what we understand. There's more to life after this life. There's more to life before this life. Life exists in all different realms and we have access to them. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed the time that we have spent here together. There are so many more things I can't wait to dive into with you guys. Out-of-body experiences are going to lead us into a whole new rabbit hole for my next episode. But I can't wait to share more with you guys here again on Access Elysium Podcast.